Welcome back, everyone, to the Six Figure Social Worker Podcast. It's your girl, LA. I am your Six Figure Social Worker. And I must say, I have been under the weather and my voice is just now trying to come back. So on this episode, I'm going to share with you just a clip from a training that I've done over the weekend on vicarious trauma. But I want to say it was very interesting to see that a lot of social workers didn't even realize what vicarious trauma, what it is. And so I want to make sure that I share that with you um, on this episode. And so when you think about vicarious trauma, it really is the cost of us caring. Like every time we sit and in front of a client and they share with us their trauma, traumatic stories, and we're witnessing their pain, we're witnessing their fear, and that can literally, the residue of that can get on us and we can start thinking that this job is not for us, we can start thinking that we made you know, a bad decision going into the field of social work, or we can start thinking, wait, hold on, I'm burned out. But let me help you understand the difference between vicarious trauma and being burned out. Now, burnout happens over time. And it literally, it can be taken care of simply by you taking off work or you doing a different job. But vicarious trauma is internal. Like literally, you start feeling the burden of um, like hopelessness when you're working and interacting with clients who have experienced trauma or patients who have experienced trauma. So I want you to know as social workers, it's very important for you to protect yourself. Like literally, one of the things that I carry with me throughout my profession now is something that my supervisor told me earlier in my career. I was experiencing um, a lot of stress, I guess, and um, vicarious trauma, if you will. And I called my supervisor and she said this one thing and it has stuck with me throughout my career. She said, just remember, you're not the savior. That's all she said. She just reminded me that I wasn't the savior, that literally I'm a helper in this thing, in this field of social work. And it was just so like simple, so real, but it was so mind and mood altering. And so that's what I want to share with you guys today. If you feel overwhelmed by listening to other people's traumatic stories or witnessing their pain or their fear, I want you to know there's only a a limited amount that you can do, but always remember you're not the savior. You're the helper. You are there to encourage and to empower, to give information and to assist in the change process. But you cannot, literally, you cannot take away the past that someone has once they come into contact with you. So keep that in mind. On the clip that I'm going to um, share with you today, I will be sharing the emotional effects of um, vicarious trauma, but I will focus more on the stress and depression that comes as a result of us not taking care of ourselves and protecting ourselves against vicarious trauma. We know that long-term stress, when it becomes chronic, can affect our fight and flight. It literally can cause us to be depressed. 
some of the signs and symptoms of vicarious trauma. As social workers, individuals who, you know, diagnose people, you would be amazed to see that a lot of the signs and symptoms from vicarious trauma can really um, fit with the depression diagnosis. So things like hopelessness, loss of interest, feeling fatigued and irritable. You have a change in appetite. And so I want you guys to really listen close to this clip. I want you to take notes because if you or someone you know are experiencing these things, there is help. And I'd rather for you to get the help while you're still moving than be, you know, wait to the last minute and then it gets all the way out of control where you have to lose a job, lose relationships or whatever the case may be. So again, it's your girl LA. I am your six figure social worker. And on this podcast, I teach you how to make a living while you're making a difference. So when we're looking at the stress, it's again, the body's reaction to any changes that requires adjustment. Any changes that requires adjustment. So being overworked, being underpaid, having more bills than money, trying to multitask, um, downsizing, staff cuts. So that means now more responsibilities on you. So pay attention to that because stress can affect every area of our lives. I'm turning the page. I'm at where it says the effects of stress. And I just put that on there. It's talking about how we think. Stress literally can mess with how we're thinking about where we are, who we are. It can affect our health in various ways. And so look at the page where it says long-term stress. Long-term stress. When stress becomes chronic, it affects our fight or flight response, which can lead to digestive issues, trouble sleeping, and a weakening immune system, making a person more susceptible to viruses like the flu and chronic health problems. Stress disrupts a person's healthy coping strategies. Mm-hmm. Pay attention to that. Pay attention to that. So turn the page because we I'm trying to like fight time. When stress turns to depression. And I need you guys as professionals to recognize because as professionals, we understand the signs and symptoms of depression. We understand those signs and symptoms. So when people experience stress, they often stop engaging in some of the helping coping strategies that usually help keep their mood on track. So now you're not going to yoga. You're not going to the gym. You're not doing anything with your girlfriends. You know, you're not doing anything. And so really pay attention to that. It says stress at work can lead to overworking. Now, it's the vi- now isn't that ironic? Stress at work can lead to overworking. And as a result, the person doesn't go, like I said, to yoga class, to the gym. They may stop reading before bed or limit social involvement. Pay attention to what you're doing. If you see that you're doing some of these things, I'm telling you, we're here to assist. We're here to help. Try to kind of like shake you out of it. Like, wait, you got this, girl. You got this, man. Okay. And so, um, any questions on that as it relates to the signs, the symptoms of um, stress and how stress turns into depression? All right, so now here's the fill-in. Depression signs. And I think vicarious trauma signs, yes. I'm sorry, vicarious trauma signs, which to me, as I was looking at, is depression signs. (laughs) The first one is hopelessness. 
And as you see this list, you'll be able to diagnose yourself if you start. <laughs> so hopelessness is number one. Loss of interest is number two. Increased fatigue or sleep is number three. Again, irritability is number four. Hopelessness is number one. Loss of interest is number two. Increased fatigue or sleep. Is that that word on Pato said? Fatigue? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Increased fatigue or sleep. And see, a lot of times as professionals, y'all see the fatigue was more um, easily digestible to Empato. She didn't want to say depressed. That's why I told her I was coming for it. No. <laughs> no. But you, y'all see that? But it, again, it goes back to your question in the beginning. Like, why? Wait, I shouldn't be feeling depressed. Fatigue, maybe, right. but not depressed. You know, huh? What'd you say, man? It's a justifying Yeah, exactly. When the reality is we we stress, we depress, and everything. Because think about it. What it just said was stress going too long end up being depressed. Mm-hmm. And we got to really pay attention to that. Irritability is number four. Irritability is number four. Changes in appetite is number five. Changes in appetite. So you have hopelessness. You have loss of interest. You have increased fatigue or sleep. You have irritability. You have changes in appetite. Six, you have uncontrollable emotions. Uncontrollable emotions. Like you find that just, you, you know, I mean, you can just cry because somebody, you know, called you in the office if you're at work or said they need to talk to you or whatever. And it's like just uncontrollable emotions. Those are signs. And thoughts of death. Now listen to this. This is not necessarily, well, we wouldn't as professionals say suicidal ideation. We'll just say, you know, because we're professionals. Oh, I'd just be thinking or wondering how it would be if I was no longer here. I'm curious. <laughs> <laughs> not me. Look. <laughs> right? Mel said, not me. Right, not me. <laughs> right. And so pay attention, you guys, if you're having those signs. Because just as you are worried and concerned about your clients having those, I'm in a position where I'm worried about my professionals having those. You know, literally making sure that you get the help that you need. When you're finding yourself experiencing these things. So, managing stress. If lifestyle choices, the word choices, are causing you stress, you may consider changing the way you approach your personal or professional life. Some ways you you can help decrease this kind of stress includes putting yourself under less pressure to perform at work or school. By lowering your standards to a level you still ha- find acceptable. Because mm. remember, when we're experiencing vicarious trauma, we, we overwork. Mm. Right? We have poor quality and increased um, um, errors. You know, so we have to really pay attention to that. So this is saying stop putting so much on yourself. You can't mm. help everybody. You know, do your work, and then when you finish, then assist other people. But you can't help everybody. You don't want to take on the, the, you know, load of the world or everybody in your office, and then now here you are left undone. Mm-hmm. 
not taking on as many responsibilities at work or at home. That's the same. Sharing responsibilities or delegating tasks. It's funny here because Estrell, my assistant, she was like, tell me the things that I can do. Because I'm one, because I'm used to doing things on my own, right? And so now it's like, I know that if I do it, it's done. Now, if I ask somebody to do it and they don't get it done, I'm like, it still needed, you understand? And so and she was like, just delegate. You got to delegate. And so I'm learning and I'm processing, you know, or at least now they're showing me that I can trust them too, you know, which is which is good. But surround yourself with positive, um, supportive and positive friends and family members. I promise you guys, sometimes the people with your last name will not be the ones who support you. You know, seriously. So you have to really be, and that can cause some stress. And you got to really just make peace with understanding that they may not be the ones to give you the support. Mm. And removing yourself from stressful environments or situations. It's okay to say bye. I got the gift of goodbye. (laughs) 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 May the Lord watch. No. (laughs) While we're absent. No. No, but for real. I mean, no, no, serious. I mean, I'm one for real because I, I was raised in chaos. And so now that I got this piece, I got to guard it with everything within me. Seriously. I tell kid, husband, for real, I got to guard my peace. Seriously. And I'm not one that runs from conflict. I believe in healthy conflict. But when you start messing with my peace, something is wrong. Because I'm not going to be good to you or me if you messing with my peace. And, you know, a book that I read says, um, it's better for a man to live on a rooftop than to be in the house with a nagging wife. Yes. Look. (laughs) whatever so yeah so we so that's (laughs) so that's why it's important for us to make sure you know we're protecting ourselves so again managing stress we're on the managing stress part right right so eating getting enough sleep eating a healthy diet getting regular exercise listen you guys seriously me working out every day, every morning I would get up and go to the gym. I would be at the gym at six, having to be at work at eight. It saved my life. Situation happened with my son. He had got shot by the police. And literally, you guys, when I tell y'all, I did not stop going to the gym. And if you have an experience, and um, some of the ladies who have had the um, EMDR training, so I'm not really like into the whole scientific part of stuff, right? And so I'm like, okay, wait, hold on, trying to figure out what was going on. And so because I was going to the gym and I was working out and I would be thinking about my son and what he went through and all of that stuff, and then I would be thinking about, you know, the God of my understanding. And in that process of me being on the treadmill, I was literally going through the EMDR process without even knowing it. Because the EMDR is about that bilateral stimulus. And so my ladies was having to help me understand that. And it was like literally without me even knowing anything about EMDR. And they were even telling me that the lady who started it, that's how she started it. She was going through something. She was walking and her eyes, she was moving her eyes, going back and forth. And then she realized, wait, hold on, there's something to this. And so in the office... They have where you holding things in your hand, or I think you do the tapping and stuff like that, and have people like go through their earliest memory and then kind of replace it with different things. And that's literally what I did with my son, not even understanding it. And it literally saved my life. 
because mm. that it was it was a devastating. And this just happened in 2017, and it was a devastating time in my life. And I mean, just doing that. So I'm saying that because what you you can't wait to you experience vicarious trauma and then try to start doing some stuff. You got to make it a practice to do self care. You got to make it a practice to do something that's going to help you stay grounded when you don't have anybody there to encourage you. I've literally learned how to encourage myself. All right. Literally. Because some people are not going to answer the phone when you call. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's just the reality. So I need us to understand and really take this home that we have to. It's in our, it's our responsibility to make sure we keep ourselves healthy. Because, see, I can be talking to Davida, and Davida can be saying, oh, no, I'm doing good. And Davida can leave away from me and go and be depressed, contemplating suicide, and all of that stuff. So as a result of this training, I want you guys to pay really be, pay attention to what's going on on the inside of you. In this pamphlet, you've seen signs symptoms that you may be experiencing and then also stress management things that you can begin to do now to help you get through so when we're talking about the work-life balance number one don't take work home don't take work home find time to look at this one find time to relax your mind not just your body because we can be sitting there at home and our mind going Find time to relax your mind. Understand your role as the helper. You're just that. You're the helper, not the fixer, not the, right? Not the redeemer, none of that. You're the helper. Understand your role at home. You're the daughter. You're the son. You're the wife. You're the, sp- you're the husband. Whatever. Understand your role. You're the mother. You're the father. You're not the counselor. But there are times where I have a 19-year-old daughter where I had to switch roles and I had to be a counselor for what she was going through. And then I had to be a mom to be more understanding. I couldn't be the punisher because she was already going through. Okay? So really pay attention and use coping skills. The same thing, ladies and gentlemen, that we teach our clients, we have to use. We can't teach our client um, grounding techniques and then we all over the place. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Try those same grounding techniques because if they work for your clients, they work for you unless you don't believe it. See, I can, when I talk to people, I'm like, I'm talking to you bold and confident because the stuff that I teach, I live. I literally practice it. I'm not just coming out of a book. Like, I've applied this stuff. It's kept me in my right mind. I'm doing good mentally, physically, and spiritually. Oh, no, I can talk with confidence when I'm training. That's not arrogance. That's confidence, right? Because if you know that you know that you know, can't nobody tell you if you've ever been in addiction, can't nobody tell you that the struggle it is to get out. Right. And once you out, can't no, you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Nobody can take your experience away from you. Right. And that's what I'm living. I teach out of my experience. Mm-hmm. The education really just was the key to get me into doors. It was my experience that made me effective. Okay. Monthly, quarterly getaways. I know everybody don't have the money, but if you can just get away, go here locally. Me and my husband now, we'll just go here locally. Because I didn't like driving 45 minutes from Detroit just to get back home. So I'm like, no, just take me down the street. I'll go to the hotel right here. Right. Just so that way I know when it's time to go, I, can, I don't have to travel far. Quarterly or monthly, do a getaway. Just to kind of reprieve and, you know, just kind of refresh your mind. All this is about mind work. 
And seriously, you guys, if you are experiencing any of these signs and symptoms, if you need um, coaching, if you need a therapist yourself, we are here. I got the number on there. Um, However, um, we can assist. I want to make sure everybody... Well, welcome back. I hope that you were able to take notes. If you weren't, I encourage you to go back and listen to this episode again. Listen, we as social workers in the helping profession must make sure that we take care of ourselves first. Take care of you first. The last thing you want to do is watch the impact you have on someone else's life and you go home depressed, you go home stressed, you go home ready to throw in the towel. So again, stay tuned to the next episode and I'm looking forward to assisting you on this journey. You have not made a mistake. This is the best field. As long as you get clear direction and understand what your worth is, I promise you, you will be able to make a living while you're making a difference. Stay tuned for next week's episode.